if you take a look around, we're surrounded by a pretty good-looking group of people. Huh? Well, mo- most of you I- I'd put in that category. There's a few I might, I might leave out. But, you know, we're, we're coming to the end of the, the sermon series on our talents. We're going to look into the parable of the talents to close it out. Jesus' words himself this morning. Some of it's a little tough to swallow and direct and truthful, but some of it's encouraging and uplifting. So let's just kind of take all of it in and see what the Word of God has to say today. Uh, I do want to go ahead and start us off with prayer. So let's ask the Spirit into our service. Almighty God, I just pray before you now and am humbled at looking around at this great group of people that you've put together. I just pray that you use me in a way that communicates your gospel clearly and effectively through the power of your Holy Spirit. That spirit is what binds us all together and makes us this greater body of Jesus Christ where he is the head and directing us in the direction that we'll go. We thank you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Jesus Christ's name has been exalted by God to the highest place. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth that every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory of God the Father. Therefore, be on alert, for you do not know which day your Lord is coming. But be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have been on the altar and would not have allowed his house to be broken into. For this reason, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not think he will. Jesus Christ is coming back. How many of you guys are familiar with the game of life? Anybody? I played that with my kids last night for the first time in probably five or six years. There's a lot going on in that game. But you start off with a choice, as do we when we become adults, really. You can go to college, incur a lot more debt, pay a little extra to hopefully make more money out the other end, or... You can jump right out into the workforce where you don't pay any money to start and you start getting paydays a lot quicker. Then somewhere along the path, you may hit a spot where you're able to buy a house. You have to kind of think about the debt and the problems there. And if you want to go into it even further. And then there's this space called marriage. This step was free and I couldn't believe it. I made Alyssa read the fine print, didn't I? And I wanted her to double check. And I was like, I'm pretty sure there's a clause in there that says at marriage you hand all your money over. But it was free. All joking aside. And then you start to navigate down life. It's twists and turns. You get to this spot where there's a Y in the road. If you take the high road, it's riddled with children. Boys, girls, twins, all over the place. Or you can go the earlier route and kids aren't in the path. But right before... Right before that Y, there's a set of twins, like three spaces back. So if you land on that, you don't have a choice. Guess what spot I landed on? The twins. I told my kids before we started, I said, I'm going to have no space left in the car. I'm going to have like 10 different kids here, and I'm going to be full, just like real life. But I did go to college, and I was a secret agent. But I hadn't had a house yet for all these kids either that I started so early. But I was making good money, so all that worked out. But don't forget, as you're navigating this road and passing through, you're, you're going past paydays and you're getting more money, more money, more money. 
Then there's cards that you draw along the way that you might have a sudden fee that comes about. That's like real life, isn't it? Or you might get lucky and somebody pays you. Then in the distance, there's this place called retirement at the very end of the game. And as you're caught up in life's perils, you're not really thinking about it. But at the end, once everybody gets to retirement, you see who has the most money and the person with the most money wins. It's the goal of life, literally, the game. Meet the American way and our philosophy. Played in homes with kids and lived out by parents in real life. Money equals success in America. We can hide from it or we can pull out that reality. We teach it subliminally through games like life. We're teaching our kids that the success is to get to retirement and have the most money. As Christians, is that our goal? No. But it's still a friction that's right paralleling us in our walk with God. You see, America is a land of distractions that lead us away from God's purpose if we're not careful. From the truth that Jesus is coming back, is he not? See, then Jesus goes on to say, Who then is the faithful and sensible slave whom his master put in charge of his household to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that slave whom his master finds so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But if that evil slave says in his heart, my master is not coming for a long time and begins to beat his fellow slaves and eat and drink with the drunkards, the master of that slave will come on a day when he does not expect him and in an hour which he does not know and will cut him in pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's not the most comfortable topic to talk about, is it? So I ask you the same question that Jesus asked. Who then is the faithful and sensible slave whom his master put in charge of his household to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that slave whom his master finds so doing when he comes. Now I've been reading to you guys out of Matthew 24, which sets the stage for Matthew 25. We're going to be in the parable of the talents here before too long. But one of the, one of the words that Jesus says that especially caught my attention is this notion of us being slaves. You can go back through <clears throat> the places where he talks about it, and, and, and here's what really gets me. I think we get his sacrificial death wrong sometimes in what it means for us. We're freed from sin and yet still considered slaves. We're freed from the bondage of sin and yet are still slaves. How can this be? You see, we were freed the moment that we accepted Jesus Christ from that bondage of sin. But we also simultaneously died to ourselves and our old way of living. We're born again to a new life filled with hope and with joy but we're also enslaved to living the life worthy of our calling of Christ Jesus in us. Christ's death brought us out of sin's despair. His pain, though, cost us a whole lot. Our acceptance of him means that you signed your new life away over to him. That acceptance of Jesus Christ was the signing away of our new life for kingdom reasons we committed ourselves to living a life worthy of the God whose spirit resides in us the only problem though is that we were all given this really powerful choice as slaves weren't we 
We were given the choice to be obedient or disobedient. We have to choose the path of obedience. And that's pretty tough when we live in this land of the free, a land with, filled with opportunities. But those opportunities, just like the game of life, can lead us down so many different paths. We can get caught up in amassing money and material possessions and really forget about what our purpose in life is. And don't get me wrong, America is great. It is a, we, we are so fortunate and blessed, but it can be very dangerous too if we're not careful. So let's, uh, let's switch gears a little bit and let's read through our main scripture text this morning. Like I said, we're going to be in Matthew 25, 14 through 30, the parable on the talents. Matthew 25, 14 through 30. Now feel free to follow along with us up here. If you've got your Bible with you in front of you, you and grab that. If not, there's a pew Bible. We'll go ahead and read through it as customary and we'll pick out a few places to highlight after we get through it. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one, he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work, and he gained five more. So also the one with the two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you're a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and I went out and I hid your talent in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to one who has the 10 talents for everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken away from him and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there's weeping and gnashing teeth. Flip back over to verses 14 and 15 with me, please. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on this journey. Now it's important to remember that God gifts us each specifically. We are given talents based upon the work that we can perform for, for God's kingdom. 
It's important as we continue to move toward becoming better servants that we do not evaluate what we're doing based upon what we're seeing others. If you're a five talented individual, that's fantastic, but much more is expected of you. If you're one, great, but you better do that one thing and do it very well. Some of you will be entrusted to do more for the body of Christ in this church. Some of you will be five times the responsibility of others, some two and some one. Some of you will only be entrusted, though, with a little bit, and the result of your faithfulness is exactly the same. The gift is all the same, and that's an eternity with God. So I want to ask you, does, does your life reflect your own personal desire and agenda? Or are you seeking the things of above? And that's a really important question this morning because if you look in verse 19, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. Jesus is coming back. Don't we lose sight of that a lot though? Doesn't our busyness and our culture tend to shift us and sway us to check off the list? The next to-do list, the next to-do list, the next to-do list. Then you realize something very important and meaningful is missing from your life. It might be a year down the road, two years down the road, three years down the road. What are we missing? That intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. How many of you remembered when you accepted Jesus for the first time? How many of you remember the feelings that took over you after that? Were you a lot more zealous then maybe than you are now? Probably some of us. I know that I've battled that myself. But wasn't that relationship with Jesus, that intimate relationship, your power and your strength and your motivation and your joy and all these wonderful things, did it not propel you to go out and to tell people about Christ or to show them the love of Christ in a way that only your actions could speak, being indwelt by the Holy Spirit? And I'm not saying any of this to beat up on anybody this morning. I want to encourage us to get back to that place. Amen? Verses 20 through 21. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. How many of you want to hear on that day when you meet Jesus Christ, well done, good and faithful servant? Anybody? I know that I do. Sorry, I got excited there. Those who get to share in your master's happiness, that's the byproduct of us being faithful. We get to share in the happiness of God. The fruit of our faith and labor in Jesus is eternal life with him. It's pretty hard to fathom. But it's pretty easy to get distracted from that, isn't it? Verses 20, uh, 22 and 23. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Does it matter if you turn five into five more, two into two more, one into one more? Is the end result the same? Well done, good and faithful servant. You will both be put in charge of many things for God's sake, regardless of your talent level. 
God knew before the creation of the world what you would be able to do and accomplish through Jesus Christ for his kingdom. So it's time we tap into that a little bit, isn't it? We're there. And then finally, uh, I want to read verses 24 through 30. There's a lot here. And listen to it. And if you do fall into this category, it's not that you're hopeless. You're not banished into darkness. You have an opportunity today to hear these words and repent and to be a good servant. We're going to finish out 24 through 30. Did I turn too far away? I did. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out and I hid your talent in the ground. See here is what belongs to you, his master replied. You wicked, lazy servant, so you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. God expects something in return for what he gives us. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents because those who turn it back get more. For everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken away from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. These are Jesus' words. They're not mine. This is straight out of Scripture. You see, this person that falls under this category, this servant is one who neglects their spiritual gifts and lives a life to, to please and to seek self. This is a servant who looks upon the Lord's house and says that the master will be gone for a long time. I don't have anything to worry about. I can take care of that down the road. This is the servant who will not enter God's kingdom. It is unless the servant repents of their sin and lives a life worthy of the calling they've received. This is a servant who no longer seeks to do the will of his master, but seeks to serve self. It's kind of a lot like the game of life that I was talking about. It's about building money, material things, possessions. So this morning, look at your life for a minute. Reflect upon it. How much of your time is dedicated to doing the Lord's work? That's the question I want to sink in. How much of your time is reflected upon you serving the Lord? Now I'd say that if it's many hours each week, then you're a five-talent servant. And you'll get to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant someday. Are there a few things the Lord regularly asks you to do for him? Maybe you serve intermittently. Maybe you have a job. Maybe you have a family. But are there things that God calls you to do? Then go. And finally, there are those of you who know that God is calling you to action. And yet your life is defined by the American way. You're lost. And yet your life is defined, <clears throat> or your life can be defined by that precious relationship with Jesus. Are you chasing retirement? Are you amassing all the money? Are you going after all the glorification things? As I came over the, or over the overpass to come into work yesterday for the last time, and you look down the west side of veterans, what do you see? Signs galore. Come here. Come there. It doesn't take long to stop and reflect upon the American way that I've talked about and just to see it. Open your eyes. Drive around for a minute. Everything's a distraction. 
Do you really want to be labeled as a wicked servant? I sure don't. Because we will stand before God on judgment day. And you know what the beautiful thing is, though? This congregation has been whittled down and whittled down and whittled down. And the people that we're left with, most of you are five talent servants. You've got your hands in so many different things and have, have kept this church going and alive. My fear, though, is when we're given more, we're asked to repay that with interest. And just as easily as you can do that the first time, the second time, the third time, we can get discouraged and we can stop paying it back with interest, can't we? Whether you're the five talent or the two talent or the one. So if you're doing all that you can for the Lord, amen. If you got a little bit of work to do, let's encourage each other and let's do it. If you haven't done much for the kingdom and you feel the call and the tug on your heart to start doing it, it's not too late. That's the glory of the gospel. There's hope. What kind of servant would Jesus classify you as if he were to return right now? Faithful or wicked? It's not for me to decide. It's for you to think about. You see, we're blessed to have so many faithful servants here and we just got to keep sharpening iron with iron. There's going to be a lot of opportunity to come about in the next four weeks. We have Valentine's Day coming up and then the four weeks following that, it's all on service and we're going to unravel tons of opportunities. So my encouragement specifically in that is if you know the tug and the pull of God on your heart and your mind to serve him and we come up and we approach you, don't just shrug it off. If it's something you don't feel gifted to do, speak up and tell us. But we have a lot of room and capacity in here to grow. The reason that I had you guys fill out those spiritual gifts and I've been pushing them, it's not because I think you're a bunch of lazy servants for the Lord. It's because Brian and I have come to find out that it's better to know what somebody's gifted at and put them in a place to succeed than it is to fill an empty hole with somebody who's not gifted in that area. And we've seen that failure time and time again in the church. So if we come and ask you to do something, it's because you filled it out on the card. If you didn't fill out a card and I come and ask you to do something, I'm coming anyway. You can say no, you can be resistant, but at the end of the day, this church was built on a lot of hard work by a lot of great people. I'm tired of hearing the stories of what this church was. And I want to see what this church can be. Ah! I feel a year of pressure. I feel a lot of work all culminating to kind of the end of this moment. You have spiritual gifts as the body of Christ that God specifically designed for you to reach somebody for eternity. Shouldn't we do that? Should we not chase the American way and the game of life and money and possessions that don't mean anything? You are a wonderful group. And I'm privileged to be here. Let's pray. <sighs> Almighty God, I thank you for filling your spirit. I was a train wreck in first service. I felt like a complete failure as a preacher. But today, in this moment, I feel the power of your presence through your Holy Spirit. And I think it was that prayer that we began with. You put yourself aside for five minutes and God will do glorious things in you. I truly believe it. I see it. But as I said a minute ago, I want to see what this church can be and will be with a bunch of people who understand that they are the greater body of Jesus Christ, a body that was broken and battered and beaten for us, 
that did liberate us from that sin. And it's Jesus Christ's name we pray these things in. Amen. Hey, Pastor Brian here. I hope you enjoyed the video. If you want to check us out in person, you can come to two of our service times. One is at 8 a.m., and it is a traditional service. You can also see us at 10.30 a.m., which is a contemporary service, and we have 9.15 Sunday School in the middle. You can also check us out online. We have a Facebook page, an Instagram page, both under the name Riverton Christian Church, and you can also visit our website, which is www.rivertoncc.org. Thanks for watching, and I hope to see you soon.